Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Um, just wanted to do a little bit of a recap uh, of where we've been for people that may have just jumped on board, but the series is on uh, podcasts. You can go uh, there. We started last week by, by saying um, this, the question that uh, every cri- Christian must grapple with is not, have I been gifted or endowed by God? But the question that every Christian should ask themselves is how am I to use the gifts that God has given me to serve others and to bring glory to God through? Amen. That's the question that every believer should be. Are you a believer here this morning in this place? I would expect, uh, um, 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 fortunately, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, I'd love to think there'd be 20 un- unchurched people here today and, and they're probably everybody in the building is a Christian. But the truth is this, um, every one of us has been endowed by God and we'll talk about that in a moment. But the question that we need to be asking ourselves is how do I use the gifts that God has entrusted to me to serve others and to bring glory? glory to God. And we started this series with the thought and the hope that over the coming weeks that each of us would really start to take to heart and ask ourselves the question, God, what have you gifted me with? How have I been gifted and how am I, u- how am I meant to use that gift for the building of the body, for the glory of God, for the building of the kingdom of God in Shell Harbor, in this local church, if you are a part of it. Amen. And uh, we said a couple of weeks ago, the greatest secret, I believe, today in the local church, and I would expect that many, many other ministers may think the same thing, that the greatest uh, secret in the church today is this, that you are gifted and endowed with supernatural abilities. Wow. That's not your, uh, your, your n- normal, everyday thought, conversation, discussion point at the dinner table. But that's the truth of the Word of God today, and it's the truth about you as well this morning. You have been gifted and endowed by God. And we said a couple of weeks ago, Satan will do all that he can to blind us from the truth or blind the believer of their full potential. And that's why Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he said this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, men and women, guys and girls, we can say that in church with no fear. I, <laughs> I do not want you to be ignorant. To not know or to understand. Paul was saying to the church, and I believe that God is saying to us today, that God is not wanting us to be ignorant of the gifts that he has placed on the inside of each one of us. Amen. In fact, there's a command in the scriptures here that we want to bring to your attention today. Amen. Commands are very important. They're not suggestions. Suggested to, would you possibly be able to go and get me a cup of coffee, Steve? That's a suggestion. No, you can stay there. That's a suggestion. A command is, Steve, get up off your seat, go get me a cup of coffee. There's a big difference between the two, but listen to what the Word of God says. From 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, about the gifts of God within us and what we're meant to do with them. It says this, it says, And as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards or managers of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received a gift, each one of us this morning are gifted with supernatural abilities that God placed within us on the day that we were born again. Amen. 
We haven't got time this morning to go through Romans chapter 12, um, Ephesians chapter 4, we've looked at that, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we've touched on that a little bit and we will be in the coming weeks as well. But again, uh, as each one has received a gift, minister it. We're meant to serve one another with the gift the gifts and the talents that God has given us. But too many believers today are sitting uh, on their blessed behinds with their, 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 their hands on their backsides. And, and, and rather than having their hands out and having their hands up and serving God with the gifts of God, they choose not to. Every one of us is meant to serve God with the gifts that he's entrusted us with. The Bible talks about it in Corinthians about how each member supplies my challenge, oh, hallelujah. My challenge to you this morning is what are you supplying? What are you bringing to the body? The Bible talks about the body of Christ and it uses the analogy of like a, a, a physical body, you know, fingers and arms and legs and hands and toes and eyes and, and ears and all sorts of stuff. And it says that, you know, like if one part of the body is not functioning properly, it affects all of the body. God's plan for the local church is that all of us are meant to be engaged and activated and supplying uh, to the body with the gift that God has given us. Amen. Come on. It's true. We thought, about, we thought about some of the reasons why we don't use our gifts. Some of us are too busy. What are you going to say to Jesus when you stand before him uh, on one day? And, he say, and the Bible says this, we, we, we will come before um, um, Jesus and stand before his throne with all of his holy angels. And he will ask each one of us to give an account of what we did with what he gave us. Do you think being too busy will cut it on that day? I, I don't think so. So some of the excuses can be we're too busy. Some of us have a lack of confidence. We feel like we're not good enough. I'm six foot tall. I'm bald. I've got a cut on the side of my head. I've got a nose that was broken many, many years ago. Um, and sometimes I say too, far too many ums when I'm preaching. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on about me, amen. But it's not about our confidence. It's about Christ in us and recognizing who God is within us, amen doesn't matter how great you think you are or you are not. That's got nothing to do with the way that you look, the way that you talk, the way that you speak. It's about the hunger of God inside of you, the desire in, of God within you to be used by God. Amen. But we can lack the confidence and think, well, God, we're not good enough. Hallelujah. I remember 30 years ago, <laughs> 30 years ago, Prophet of God gaming and prophesying over my life and saying, one day you're going to be a pastor. And I was a greenhorn in Bible college. And when he said that, I just laughed on the inside like Sarah laughed when, when God promised um, 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 Abraham a child. I mean, it was like, sure, as if that will ever happen. Look at me. Back then I had hair and I was beautiful. <laughs> Not today, though. But we can lack confidence around Stepping out and stepping into our gifts. Some of us are, like I said before, we're not positioned well. We're not serving anywhere. You know, you, the gift, the gift, the gift that God has entrusted in us, and again, the charisma, that's what it is. It's a, the Greek definition for, of the gift in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the word gift there and gifts there. Ephesians, uh, excuse me, in uh, Romans chapter 12 as well, uh, the gift there. The definition of that word there is charisma. God has gifted us. These are gifts that we possess on the inside. 
the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of encouragement, the gift of mercy, the gift of administration. There's numbers of them, and we will talk at some point in more detail. But the truth is this, that if you're not serving the body in some way, your gift won't be activated. Serving activates the gift of God. And when you start to serve God with the gift that God has given you, I tell you, there's a new new aroma in your relationship with Jesus. Something just happens on the inside. No longer you're like, you know, I just come to church on Sunday and I pay my tithe and happy days and hopefully that'll be all good, Jesus, and I get to heaven. You know, that's okay and good and keep doing that. Hallelujah, because we've got lots of bills to pay. (laughs) You're a quiet bunch this morning. But there's more. Amen. And when you start to say, yes, I'll serve, and you start to serve, out of that service, the gift starts to be evident. Hallelujah. So you may not well be positioned to be serving God and therefore using the gift. You could have unconfessed sin. That could be another thing. You could be so self-absorbed or you could potentially be ignorant. Amen. So in the, last, in the first couple of weeks, we discovered, as we said, each believer has been endowed with a charisma. Um, again, the day you were born again, you received that. And again, I want to bring your attention to the definition of that word, uh, charisma. Every one of us has charisma, gifts on the inside. You're not boring. You thought you were, but you're not. You have charisma. And this is the definition of charisma according to the uh, translation in the Greek. Miraculous faculty and inherent spiritual power, spiritual endowment, Ability possessed or inherited by someone, religious qualification. And the truth bomb that we want to keep bringing to your attention is this this morning. We are not just sons and daughters of God. We are ministers for the Almighty, sharing the gospel, using the gifts He has empowered us with. We are all ministers. A religious qualification It's not talking about going to Bible college. You have a religious qualification, a gift, a charisma on the inside of you that God has entrusted or endowed to you. Amen. Incredible definition. But that's the truth of the Word of God today. Last week we looked at the the, the preeminence of love, Paul speaks about the gifts in first, first chapter, uh, first Corinthians chapter twelve. Excuse me, a little bit doughy. First Corinthians chapter twelve. He speaks about the gifts and how they meant to operate and function, as I said, like a body. And then we looked at the preeminence of love because the last part of first Corinthians chapter twelve. He says, um, um, "Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy." But I show you a more excellent way. And then the next chapter is the marriage chapter that lots of people use their, their wedding. They use 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It talks about what love is. And so we saw last week that love is, love is one of the conduits of the gift of God flowing through us. When we truly love one another, agape love, that's the love that God loves us with. Agape love, if you, you can take your time to look at it yourself. Um, but in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the reference to love there is agape love. Agape love is the same love that God loves us with. The, same, the love that God loves us with is an unconditional love. When we love people unconditionally, we saw that the gift of God will flow automatically. It, it, it just will. 
We also saw one of the conduits, and we can't go there this morning. We haven't got time. I know I haven't got energy, to be honest. But we also saw that one of the conduits for the gifts of God flowing is the conduit of honor. We're meant to honor all people. We're meant to honor God. We're meant to honor one another. And as we honor and as we love, the gift of God flows so, so, so freely. Amen? So agape love. That's the standard that God calls us to. But today my message is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of tongue. And the gifts of the Spirit are all focused around the person of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Am I boring you? I didn't get too many no's then. But listen to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says this about the Holy Spirit. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good of all. The common good of who? For to each one the manifestation of the Spirit, that's the gift working through my life, is given for the common good of all. And these are the work of one and the same Spirit. Going on in the, in the second part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes to each one just as He determines. Amen? So the Spirit of God living within us will manifest the gifts, the charisma in our lives for the common good of all or for the common good of others. Amen? I've had times where uh, just sitting and talking with people and, and um, um, relating to them, and then all of a sudden, you will feel the Holy Spirit will, will give you like a, a prophetic word for them. Just, just, just happens. Just, just come, he comes upon you and, and, and starts to minister through you. Or you know, I've spoken to people and they've said, you know, I've got this sickness in my body. Uh, when people tell me they're sick, um, I don't always pray for them. But there are times where I just feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting me to pray for them. So that's the manifestation of the Spirit working through us. That's how He works through our lives. Amen. Why? For the common good of all. And if you're not using your gift, then you're not supplying. Amen. God wants every one of us to be suppliers, not drug dealers. Holy Ghost deliverers. Amen. Delivering the gifts of God to one another for the good, the good of all. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes? Is this the Word of God or not? I'm not telling you the lie this morning. Me no fella lie, me for fella tell truth. Hallelujah. I had Bulla Makenka for lunch. So, distributes to each one just as he determined. So, just a couple of thoughts this morning before we get into some scriptures. Churches today mention the per- person of the Holy Spirit but don't speak much about the work of the Holy Spirit, in particular, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three gods in one. Our God is three in one, and that would be another message altogether, and maybe sometime this year we can delve into that. But three gods in one. I I describe it best like the sun, if we could use that as an analogy or an illustration. We have the the sun there today, 32 degrees uh, later on today. Uh, You you would say the sun is like God the Father. The rays coming out of the sun is like God the Son, Jesus, amen? And then the warmth on the body from the sunlight is like the presence of the Holy Spirit. Three expressions 
or three manifestations, but all from the one source. Amen. Got it? That is like an analogy of our God, the Trinity. This morning in particular, I wanted to speak about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that there are three distinct experiences in our walk with God. Amen. Listen to it this morning. Don't tune off. There's salvation, repentance from from, um, um, sin, repentance from um, um, the old life, and turning to God. That's the first um, expression or experience in our relationship with God. It's called salvation. Then there's water baptism. We go through the baptism of water. It's the cleansing of the old life. It's a public declaration that we now make before the world that we now have surrendered our life. We go into the waters of baptism and there is the washing away of the old life. That's the second experience that God calls us to have. The third one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was saved at aged 18 years of, 18 years of age. That's when I first encountered uh, God through a born-again experience. Uh, my mother and father were devout Catholic people. My mother in particular was a, was a very devout Catholic. Uh, she would attend Mass regularly. And uh, there was a new church that started in this little country town. It was a Pentecostal church. And uh, my mother attended that church and she became born again and uh, totally transformed her, her, her relationship with God. See, because Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he shall by no means enter the kingdom of God. Unless a man is born again, they will not see the kingdom of God. Amen. You can go to church every day of your life. You, you can try and be the best possible person that you can be in the eyes of God. But unless you are born again, unless you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and receive Jesus as the one and only Savior, you will not have that relationship that God wants you to have with Him. So I got saved at 18 years of age. It was a, uh, a Pentecostal meeting. My mother dragged me along, I guess, with a couple of other siblings as well. It would have been dragged along because we came from the Catholic Church and this was a whole new church. And to make it even worse, it was in an old reptile park. Right, where the snakes and the lizards and the whatnot used to hang out. And they'd show them off. But at the time, that's where the church was meeting. And I remember... I remember, still to this day, I can remember a couple of my other siblings still laying on the, laying on the carpet. We, we must have got, we were, we, we were slain in the spirit. And I remember not fully knowing what I was doing, but remember bawling my eyes out and just saying, Jesus, sorry, I love you. <laughs> so that was the, the born again experience that I had. Then the second one was being baptized in water. If I could have that picture up there as well. Uh, you're going to love this picture. <laughs> That's me in the middle, I had hair. <laughs> and I was a really, really good Christian. I had a gold cross around my neck. You see it there? And got born again. I mean, got born again, but then got water baptized. That other person to the left there, that's David Schaefer. That was in a swimming pool. Um, I must have been, I don't know, uh, maybe 21 years of age then. But that was the second experience. I went into the, into the waters of baptism. Amen? Powerful experience. Very, very powerful. The third one was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was uh, a new believer. I was probably a couple of years um, old in the faith. And I remember going and attending a men's camp. And uh, it was uh, around the region of uh, Port Macquarie and I attended the men's camp. And the speaker, I can't even, re- <clears throat> I can't even remember who it was, but he, he gave a message about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, that, that to me was 
sort of new language. I didn't know quite too much about that. But all I remember, again, was just stepping forward and saying a prayer. And on that night, I felt a presence that I'd never felt before. I felt a peace that I'd never felt before. Um, Did I speak in tongues straight away? No, but I'll tell you a little bit about that at, at the end of our time together. Amen? I believe that there, are, there, there, there is a need for every believer, once you're saved, definitely to be water baptized because Jesus commands us to be baptized, but also that there is the need for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there are a number of reasons why I believe that the church has failed to recognize the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and in particular being baptized in the Holy Spirit. First thing is ignorance. People potentially skim over much of what's written in the Word of God. Um, um, you know, I, I know in, in uh, some instances, in some um, denominations, the, 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 the thought of Pentecostals is just so scary for them. So scary um, because they... They believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They believe in speaking and worshipping God in an unknown tongue. They, they, they believe in the manifestation of the gifts. It can be a scary thought. So ignorance can be something. Pride can be another one. We're too proud. We, we, we don't want to be known as the loop de doop church. We, we, don't, we, we don't want people to think that we're a little bit weird. We don't want people to think that we're sort of like outside of the box. And pride can hold us back from understanding the place in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, the thought is uh, deception. We can be deceived in thinking that salvation is it. Salvation is the beginning of the journey, but there is so much more. A couple of thoughts about references to the Holy Spirit. Um, He is not an it or a thing, nor is he a symbol. but a person that can be grieved, quenched, or he can be made a friend of. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 tells us that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 says that the Holy Spirit can be quenched. In Mark chapter 3, verse 29, the Bible teaches us that, that Jesus says that the one unforgivable sin is to curse the Holy Spirit. He is not an it, a thing, or a symbol. He is a living being. Amen? Throughout the Bible, we see the references to the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You can go and study it out yourself, but in uh, chapter 1 of Genesis, we see the creative power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 2 of Chapter 1, 1 to 3, it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the, the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, the Father, let there be light and there was light. In Joel, the book of Joel, chapter 2, in the Old Testament, 28 verses 29 says this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters, you'll prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams. Oh, I'm getting there. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious me. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my maid servants and on my, on my men servants and my maid servants, I will, pour out my, I will pour out my spirit in those days. 
prophesying about the future coming of the Holy Spirit. Go to Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2. Look at what Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But when he, the Holy Spirit, comes upon you, you shall receive power. Study it out yourself. Go and have a look at the early church. This was a prophetic word prophesying the coming of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit beginning on the planet. John the Baptist. Who was John the Baptist? Jesus said this of John the Baptist. He said he was the greatest of all prophets. There's been some phenomenal prophets Throughout the, uh, the, 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 the pages of Scripture, the ages of the Scripture, there's been some amazing um, prophets um, in the Old Testament, some in the New Testament as well. But Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest of all prophets. And yet he was the precursor to Jesus' ministry. But listen this morning, Matthew chapter 3, this is what John the Baptist spoke about Jesus and what he was going to baptize us in. It says this, Matthew chapter 3 verse 11, he says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What did John the greatest of all prophets prophesy? Jesus is coming. I'm not worthy to undo his sandals, but he is coming to save the world, and he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Doesn't just say he's going to save us, he says that we will he will baptize us in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Listen to the words of Jesus this morning. He spoke about the Holy Spirit and his role in our lives. John chapter 14, verse 26, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you're chatting away and all of a sudden you're reminded of a scripture? Have you, have you ever been like, like that and just all of a sudden this, you get reminded of this verse and, and it comes? Why? Jesus said it. Send the helper. He will remind you of all things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The word helper. What does the word helper mean? It means comforter. Uh, in the Greek, it's parakletos. One that comes to assist and to stand beside. Look at what Jesus said, though, about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that it was to our benefit that he leaves so that the Holy Spirit could come. Blow your mind out right now. Blows my mind right now. Listen to the words of Jesus about the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 5 to 7. But now I go away to him who sent me, the Father, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. <laughs> I feel like shouting. I feel like screaming my head off. I feel like going, wow. Jesus said it's to your advantage that if I do not go to be with the Father, 
It will be to your disadvantage, but as I go to the Father, I'm sending you the Helper. That's why the, 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 the apostles, the disciples, were in the, uh, the upper room for 40 days waiting for the promise that Jesus made about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And as they waited there and waited there, yes, they were born again. Yes, they were saved, but they were waiting for the promise, the baptism. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go because the Holy Spirit will come. It is amazing. A few more verses, then we're concluding. John chapter 14, verse 15 to 18, Jesus says this, But if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Your husband? <laughs> Max knows. <laughs> You're better than that. Your wife? No, it's referring to him. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. But listen, and look at this last part. But you have known him, for he dwells with you and will be what? Hello, what does it say? He will be with you and what? And in you, and I will not leave you are orphans. I will come to you. We get born again. Come with me, Steve. My brother. Next Sunday morning, I look forward to that coffee. Amen? <laughs> We're traveling around Vanuatu, and I didn't even know why I said that. Maybe I had coffee in me this morning before the, when we were praying, but that's all right. So we're driving along this. Come, just come for a walk with me. So we're driving along the streets of Vanuatu and I'm in the back of the car with six black fellas. You can say that in uh, Vanuatu. No one gets upset because they call me white fella. And uh, so we're driving along and this big guy, he's, he's a big fella. He's, he, he's, he's like that big. And I'm standing there and he's got his arms around me driving down the streets of Vanuatu. So I thought, oh, well, blow it. So I held his hand. I thought, let's just go with it. It's all right. He's hugging me. I'll hold his hand. <laughs> That's Vanuatu. We're one talk. Amen? But Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will be with you. The day I get born again, the Holy Spirit is with me. He's with me. Where are you? You're there. <laughs> he will be with me. In the Old Testament, um, you, 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 do, you do the study yourself. Don't rely on me. But it says that God came and dwelt among them. Then we read in verses of Scripture in the New Testament that no longer did God come and dwell among them, now God comes and dwells in them. So Jesus said, I will send you the Helper. He will be with you. But not only will He be with you, He will come and be in you. Do you see that this morning? He will not just only be with you, but as you be baptized in the Holy Spirit, He will now be in you. That's another dimension of relationship with God altogether. But that's what the Lord wants for all of us. Amen. The helper, the comforter, the parakilitos, I think it is. The bulamakenka. <laughs> bulamakenka. Be with you but then will be in you.
Thank you, Steve. Appreciate that. I really want you to think about that this morning because there may well be people here this morning um, that are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, many churches teach today that when you're saved, you're automatically baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to say this morning, as people, we need to be so, so aware of what we listen to today. There are so many deceiving doctrines out there today. We have to be so careful about what we listen to. Some of the stories of, of anyway, another, another topic altogether. But many t- churches will teach that to you. That you have the Holy Spirit already living in you. Well, I want to bring to your attention today my second last verse of Scripture today to prove that not to be correct. It says in the book of Acts, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them, any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Baptismo, immersed Immersion in the Holy Spirit. They were baptized. They believed in Jesus, but by the laying on of hands now, no longer was the Holy Spirit with them. He was now living within them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People get all freaked out about the gift of tongues. Some people here may speak in tongues. I speak. I speak in tongues as much as I can. It's my way of, 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 of worshipping God. I'll show you a scripture in a minute. Some, some churches teach that you must be baptised in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues to be saved. That's not true. But if you were to ask me, does every believer possess the possession or the ability to be able to speak in an unknown tongue? Absolutely because you were baptized with the Holy Spirit. You didn't get part of him. You got all of him. Am I scaring you yet? Hallelujah. Some of you right now are probably struggling with that thought. I'll, I'll sh- share my experience in a moment with you. might help some people. To no longer with them, but now being in them. So how do you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Well, in the book of Acts, we saw it was from the apostles as, as they came. They saw the new believers. Of this. And, and by the way, there's other examples of that taking place where the believers were earnestly awaiting the arrival of the apostles for the laying on of hands to receive the baptism, the, the immersion of the Holy Spirit. I can feel the anointing of God right now. Hallelujah. Crazy white fella. How do you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Well, listen to the words of Jesus this morning. If I could have the keyboard player, that would be great. It says, If a son asks for bread, any father among you will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Jesus' words. Or if a son asks his father for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, comparing 
mere fathers to the heavenly Father, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to those who ask Him? Just like you ask the Father to forgive you through Jesus, we have to ask Jesus for the gift of the Holy Spirit from the Father. In a minute, I'm going to release the congregation. And, um, but I would love to, to pray for people today that would love to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Go the next step today in your relationship with God. I'm, I'm only showing you the truth in the Word of God today and not making up any stories. We get saved by grace. We get endowed endowed from, from on high. We go through the waters of baptism and then there's this baptism in the Holy Spirit. And there may well be people here this morning that love Jesus. That's a prerequisite. But I believe Jesus today, just as he expressed through Luke chapter 11, that if you come today and ask the Father for the gift of the Holy Spirit... He will give you that gift. In Corinthians, it talks about the Holy Spirit. And it's one of the, one of the final blessings that um, Paul gives to the church. And it talks about the fellowship and the communion with the Holy Spirit is one of the parting things that he says. You look at that word fellowship and communion and you define it as friendship. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus today is seated at the right hand in heavenly places. We're saved only by grace. None can be justified by their works. But on that day as he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, to be our friend, to be with us, to live in us. Some people get freaked out. My, 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 my conviction is this. I share it with you. and um, I know you won't get upset with me because I'm not trying to manipulate anyone. But I believe this, that when you get baptized, you have the gift to speak and worship God with a, with a, with a new tongue. It's called the gift of tongues. I know in Corinthians it talks about tongues and the interpretation of tongues, right? How does that work? We're... <laughs> You should just tell me to shut up. There should be a stop sign at the back of the auditorium. Pull up the train, Shane. <laughs> but Corinthians talks about the, the manifestation of tongues. It's different to what I'm talking about here. That, that, that expression there, I've been in meetings where a person over here will... will that will be an expression of tongues. And then someone over here will interpret it. That's that expression. But then there's a special worship that God gives us as part of the gift of the Holy Spirit and it's speaking in an unknown language, the gift of tongues. Paul said, 
Paul said this, listen. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. He says, I never cease speaking, worshipping God in tongues. What is the gift of tongues? It's the supernatural ability to worship God in a language that no one else can understand except the Father heart of God. Satan can't interpret it. He does not know what we're praying when we're worshipping God in tongues. And it's not like, you know, we're going to go home now and just say, oh, the church is all about praying in tongues. Hear my heart. It's about helping you to experience something that maybe you've never experienced before today. Hallelujah. Let me finish with three little thoughts of Scripture that might help you this morning. Tongues is a stumbling block. The gift of tongues is is as natural to a baptized believer as milk is to a baby. But it's not something that we can rationalize with our minds. It's a gift from God's heart to our hearts. Where most most people get caught up is because their head gets in their way. It's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. We receive the gift of tongues, the supernatural ability to worship God when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jude chapter 20, it says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's referring to worshiping God with tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 8, as I said before to you, Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. In other words, every day. Paul's thinking about the church. He's in anguish. He's praying. I don't know what to pray, Holy Spirit, but I just know that as I just give my heart to you probably come this morning and thinking, why am I doing here? Hallelujah. But do you get it this morning? Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Why? Because listen to what Jude said. But beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, when I pray in tongues, it builds me up, strengthens my faith. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is praying through me because he lives now within me. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 and we're done. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They all began. I know this morning, there's probably people at um, different expressions and journeys of their faith. And maybe there are people here that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and you don't pray in tongues yet. And I want to say, you know, don't, don't get hung up on that. There might be people here this morning that, that think, well, no, it's wrong doctrine. Well, go to the Word of God and prove me, prove me incorrect. Do it. I'm here in the office. Come, come and sit with me and say, Shane, it's all wrong. We'll, we'll prove it to me. Amen. Prove what I'm saying this morning is not the truth of the Word of God. But I remember um, being saved and, and I remember being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when I first got baptized, I, I didn't speak in an unknown tongue. And one day I went and met with my pastor. And uh, one of the men was there. He was uh, an elder of the church. I still remember the house in Port Macquarie. And uh, he uh, you know, asked the question, Shane, you got baptized at the men's camp? I said, yes, I did. He said, are you praying in tongues yet? I said, oh, no. And just talked a little bit about how the mind is the, is, is the biggest 
blockage when praying in tongues because our minds want to be in control. Our minds want to interpret and determine and, and, and try and filter um, uh, everything that we say and, and our feelings and emotions and things like that. Our, our minds can be such a stumbling block. So I remember them sitting with me. We were sitting in a, a, little, um, a little outdoor um, thing. There was one sitting there and one sitting there and had the whole man thing going again, holding hands. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it just happens. And uh, they both started praying in tongues and he described it to me like this. He said, Shane, when, when you were saved, it was an act of faith, wasn't it? And I said, yeah, it was. That's right. I, ha- I had to take that step of faith. What was my step of faith? Uh, standing up out of my seat, walking to the front and confessing Jesus as my saviour. That was my part. And then I was saved. That was God's part. He said, Shane, when it comes to praying in tongues, it's very similar to that. You give God your voice, he gives you his language. Your part is giving him your voice and he will give you his language. So as we sat there, he said, oh, I just want you, I just want you to stop thinking about anything, but start to give God your language, like baby talk. La, ba, ba, sa, tita, la, ba, ba, do, do, do. And I remember as I started giving God my voice, this prayer came out of me that I had never experienced before. And I feel it now like I did those 30 years ago. My head was down, I was praying in the Holy Spirit, and my hands were just lifted up. Just lifted up. But my part was giving God my language, my voice first. Faith without works is dead. And there may be some people this morning that you're really struggling with that. You think, well, you know, I don't want to sound like a fool or, or whatnot. This morning, we're going to give people an opportunity to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if this morning, if you're here and you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and you, you want to exercise your faith and, and begin to step out and, and pray in an unknown tongue, then I'll be down here and there'll be a few, few people around you that will all start praying in tongues. And then like I did 30 years ago, maybe you this morning could start to exercise your faith. Give God your voice so he can give you his prayer language. Amen? And not a forced thing or anything like that. Some people have told me, you know, I, I was just in worship at home and all of a sudden this unknown language come out of me. That's awesome. But there are many people that probably feel, feel blockages and you might, you might feel a bit guilty. You probably might think, oh, well, God, I'm not good enough. And you might think a, a number of things about this particular topic that we're talking about this morning. But the truth is this, simply, I just gave God my voice and then he then gave me his language. Hallelujah. He will be with you, then he will be in you. Shame.
Shira basute de basunde de basite ti andro basute ki ti andro. Brosu te kandi andro tu sipia tu siete ti ti. See right up, right now I don't know what I'm praying, but I just I just know God's praying through me right now. Sando shita ti andro basute ti kete ti andro. Besite ti andro basute ki ti andro basite ki ti a. He'll be in us. Amen. So this morning, if you're here and you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you would like to be, in a moment, everyone's going to stand and we'll release people. If people today, if you're down the back and having coffee, if you could just keep your fellowship just a little lower, that would be great. We just want to have some time of prayer. Or if you just want to hang out in your seat there and stay there, that's great. But if you're here this morning, you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jesus said... All that you need to do is ask. So simply what I will do is just lead you in a prayer and then lay hands upon you and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But if you're here this morning and you want a breakthrough in praying in tongues, then, then I just want to encourage you. Come down the front and we'll, we'll just exercise our faith. Just spend a couple of moments before God and then just see what God does through you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful, Jesus. It's amazing. So if you'd like to be baptized um, in the Holy Spirit this morning, if you're here, um, why don't we all stand to our feet now? If you'd love to be baptized, why don't you just make your way down the front? It's just no fear, no shame. God, I just want to go to the next step. If you're here, just come and make your way down here, amen. Hallelujah. Be baptized. No longer be with me, but shall be in me. If you're here this morning, I know that there's many other people this morning that need to respond. Don't let pride rob you. <laughs> Don't let it rob you this morning. If you're here this morning and you, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you haven't had a breakthrough in praying in tongues yet, Please come and make your way down here this morning. And in a moment's time, there'll be a few of us that will encourage you. Hallelujah. Here to be baptized for the first time? Amen. Come and make your way over here. Hallelujah. I know he's here. I know he wants to help you. Why do I know that? <laughs> it's a no-brainer. He's the helper. Come on this morning. Don't hold back. People that need to break through. You're baptized, but you just know you're not free to worship God to that ability yet with that, with that gift. You feel like a little bit blocked. Amen? To be baptized? Hallelujah. Come this morning. What a, nothing to lose, everything to gain today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we thank you. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus. I'll just wait another moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, see, let it be a little city, Oh, Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. 
Hallelujah, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Could I have just a few people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit come and stand behind these people? Hallelujah. Come and stand behind them this morning. We're going to lay hands upon them. It's wonderful. No longer with you, but will be in you. This morning for those people that are about to be baptized, um, we're going to lead you in a prayer and then we'll lay hands upon you. And then I'm going to spend a few minutes praying in tongues and if you would like to just begin to exercise your faith and start to give God your voice, it might be just a ra those people behind you will start praying in tongues as well this is a family we're not here to scare you but you've you've seen and heard the word of god this morning amen it's powerful it's powerful so each person that's come to receive the gift of the holy spirit this morning Remember the words of Jesus before I lead you in a prayer. He said, If anyone asks the Father for the gift of the Holy Spirit, shall he not surely give it? And all you need to do today as a believer is simply receive the gift. So let me pray a prayer and then I will lay hands upon you according to the word of God. If each person could just repeat this word after me. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for saving me by your grace. Today, Lord Jesus, I ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and his fire. Holy Spirit, I ask you today to no longer be with me, but today live within me. I receive, Father, the heavenly gift of the Holy Spirit. Now just keep your eyes closed and, and your, your heart focused on him this morning. And please don't open your eyes. Just stand there. Stay there. Amen.